EO Fire 1303. You are capable of more than you think, and it's not about you, it's about the numbers. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Are you ready to create, grow, and monetize your podcast? Visit freepodcastcourse.com and ignite. Light that spark, Fire Nation. JLD here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Liz Lockard. Liz, are you prepared to ignite? Most definitely. Yes. (laughs) Liz is a Google Analytics nut, an SEO coach who loves helping small businesses get more of the right people to their websites and turn more of those visits into subscribers and sales. She's on a mission to help you do all of that with zero tech headache. Liz, take a minute, fill in some gaps in that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Sure. So I'm based in Philly. Um, in the U.S. and I've been in like the marketing tech world or the world between the marketing and tech worlds for like the past 10 years. Um, I started out in-house um, at a corporate law firm in D.C. and then all at once made the same jump to Philly and entrepreneurship in the same move. <laughs> um, and I've been working with small business clients on Google Analytics and SEO stuff for the past almost six years now. Well, I don't know if you're a Villanova fan, but we are actually sitting here having this interview on the day that the national championship will be played. So, of course, it'll, you know, we'll know who the champion is by the time this goes live. But are you a, are you a Villanova Wildcat fan? Um, my four brothers tell me I should be, so I'm happy to root for them. Not, uh, not particularly, uh, sports watcher, more of a sports player, but I'll definitely grab a beer with the guys at the bar and oh, cool. watch a March Madness game. Well, I'm definitely rooting for Villanova because, number one, um, I put money on Villanova back in the nice. back at the beginning of the tournament <laughs> to win it all because I'm a Big East fan. I went to Providence College in the Big East, so any team in the Big East that does well like Villanova, it's a win for my conference, so go Villanova. Yeah. Now, Liz, <laughs> back to you because you've had a lot of you know, just different ways that you've been able to generate revenue in your business throughout the years and even throughout your life, you know, back as the employee days. So you understand what it takes to run a viable business. But let's bring it to today. Like, what are the ways that you right now here in 2016 are generating revenue? Sure. So the bulk um, of how I'm doing that comes down to one of two things, either working with clients in one of my group programs, either on analytics or SEO, and then also one-on-one work. It's also a small part of, um, I do some trainings and paid speaking stuff and even some small affiliate stuff, but the bulk of it comes down to my group programs and my client work. So what have you found has been a good way for you to recognize viable opportunities to generate revenue in your business as an entrepreneur? I think the easiest way to do it is to stalk your prospective client, <laughs> but like in a totally friendly, non-threatening, non-creepy right? Uber. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah. So like whether I'm just like hanging out in social media groups that they're in, not, and I think the key, the key is like, not falling into the trap of hanging out where your peers are, so where your other like right. col- like consultants and stuff are, like actually going to where your target customers are, whether it's in person or online, and just like being helpful and just listening to how they talk about your pro uh, your 
area of expertise and then also like what are they struggling with and then from there like going to like beta launch phase to see if there's any interest before you even create the product because that can be a lot of wasted time and then you know just going down the product life cycle from there this is all gold fire nation and it's not being creepy to go be a person (laughs) of value to just get into a group like you know liz and i love how you made it very clear not of your peers but of like potential clients and listen observe be that person that is observing you know when you can reach out and offer guidance and don't say and oh by the way if you want more like pm me like no just be like hey let me help you with that like let me just give you some you know advice some guidance some support there and just be that person of guidance and and see what happens and i love how you moved into the beta launch people vote with their wallet fire nation so people will tell you all day long oh yeah that's a great idea you should definitely launch that product then most people get into a little rabbit hole for two months create the product and then they launch it and then nobody buys because they didn't have proof of concept you have to have people to say hey here's a hundred dollars for when your product is ready that's when you know that you have a thing that has a pain point big enough to be a real product now Liz, you weren't always this smart. I hate to break it to you <laughs> and to Fire Nation. You've become that through wins, through losses, through failures, through successes. What would you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date? I think the worst, just in terms of how it made me feel, had to be when I first, first started. So back in that like big transition when I was moving from D.C. to Philly and also like saying I'm done with corporate life, I'm going to start my own thing. The first thing I focused on was just absolutely the wrong thing. It was like a leftover hangover concept from my previous like in-house at a corporate law firm life. And I was trying to do these client intelligence reports for big law firms as a one-person shop. And not only could I like not make it profitable in terms of like the time that was pulled in, but like it really just came down to, I realized one day that I was doing it just because someone who wasn't running a business themselves had told me that it would be a quote, good idea or a really good idea to pursue. And I just wasn't loving it. It was part of the reason that I left um, the previous job and it just wasn't lighting me up. Let me break in here. What was the worst of those phone conversations, of those pitches, of those experiences? What was the worst interaction? I think it was just trying to get people on the phone and then people wanting to talk about it. But okay, like I'm on the phone, like I'm the other person on the phone, like, like, like what happened that you were just like, oh my God, this doesn't feel right. Like, give me a real life story. Okay. So, um, I'm talking to this one, um, prospective client over email and they're like, great, why don't you send me over like a sample report? And the thing that like really like, so it wasn't the talking to the client thing that I didn't like. It wasn't the, you know, doing the whole RFP process. It was the part where I had to sit down and do the sample report for someone or just get into the actual doing of it. And I was like, wait a minute, like, why am I trying to sell this? Like, I hate this like research process and putting it together. Like, I like the idea of it, but the uh, it was just, it was bringing me down, man. And uh, <laughs> I think once I got past that uh, and came up with a new idea, that was when I could actually embrace the inner entrepreneur. So what that really brings me to is actually something pretty interesting. And I haven't actually talked about this very much. And that's when I knew that my career as a commercial broker was over because I was doing the thing, I was making the calls, I was driving around, having the appointments. And after like almost a year of really working hard, it was a really tough time in the industry. So not many deals were happening. But when I finally locked down that like first big deal, where most people would be jumping for joy because it was a huge commission check, it was like a really big deal, a lot of success around it. I said, oh, 
Like now I got to sit down and like write out the contract and like follow up and make sure that like I get all these signatures and that all in the, you know, that hammer out all these details. And I don't want to do any of this. So when I realized Fire Nation that even when I won at the highest level in my industry, I wasn't ecstatic. In fact, I was a little sick to my stomach because I was just like dreading the work that was going to come with that. I knew I had to get out of that line of work. And it sounds like, Liz, it was something pretty comparable to you. It was like, you won. You got yeah. that that offer, that client, whatever it was. And you sat down and you're like, I don't even want to do this. I'm not excited <laughs> about this. Fire Nation, identify within yourself and your life right now. Is that something that's happening? And maybe for some of you, just a little bit, and you just shift a little bit and you pivot, and and, and now it's awesome because you get rid of the couple things you don't like, or maybe it's a big pivot like I did. Um, Liz, that's my big feedback and my big takeaway from your worst moment. Kind of sum it up for us. What do you want to make sure Fire Nation gets from your story? I think the biggest thing is that um, your experience trumps other people's opinions, right? So if someone tells you it's a great idea, it's not a great idea if you don't think it's a great idea. See, Fire Nation, this is what I want to say is like, you don't want peers. You don't want other people who who may love you, by the way, and they may want the best (laughs) of you, by the way, but don't let them be the captain of your ship. Like you're the captain of your ship. Like you know what lights you up inside. You know the path that you want to be on. Don't get to the end of your road in life and look back and say, man, like, you know, so-and-so or so-and-so, you know, just I was trying to impress the wrong people. And like that is just not the legacy that you want to look back upon. But Liz, for us right now in this conversation shifting, I think you kind of know what I want now. I want like a real story in the moment. So tell us your greatest aha moment to date. So this is, again, kind of like almost part two of my biggest failure moment. Um, so this is, again, in the beginning. It's in my transition area. And I am, while I'm like trying to drum up clients um, with AdWords work and analytics work, I'm actually also doing a marketing gig of going door to door, which mm. is like one of the worst, worst experiences I think almost anyone on either end of that equation can have, um, trying to drum up leads for like a house painting company. And I hated it. Oh my gosh. But it wasn't until it was like my third week of the job or whatever. And I just started to realize like, oh, every 20 knocks equals a lead or every whatever. Like it was my big aha that sales is a numbers game. And it started to suck less because (laughs) I was able to take away, like I wasn't thinking of it as personal. Um, It was all about the numbers and that kind of reinforced that, like that lighting my brain up was a reinforcement of my early discovery of getting into analytics and liking the numbers there. So it really just kind of tied into like, okay, client intelligence reports for law firms, that's just a dead end for me. But this thing about the numbers and going this way, that is like really where my brain wants to go. Let's talk about one of your worst knocks on a door. So you knocked on a lot of doors. People are answering just yeah. in their tidy whities Like, yeah. you know, I mean, what was the worst that you can think of off the top of your head? Let's hear that. The worst is like, oh my God, it's almost not G-rated. Um, <laughs> Let's keep it PG, but we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. Fill, we'll fill in the blanks though. We're, we're smart people. Yeah. So basically I knocked on the door and a man answered without his clothes on okay. and was not in not his even right tidy mind. It was awful. It was I was just like, and goodbye and left. It was the worst experience of all of those. It was so bad. Okay, see I'm usually like no matter what, close the sale, but in that situation, Liz, I'm gonna give you a pass on that. Yeah. You, you did you did the right thing. <laughs> 
So you just kind of share with us like your aha moment and how you shifted into that and how it now lights you up inside. What is the big takeaway that you want to make sure our listeners get from that epiphany, that realization that you had? I kind of wish that I'd had that earlier, um, but I just hope that anyone else listening, um, that you can think about where you're struggling, whether you're doing like cold calls or you're trying to pitch to a list or you're looking at your traffic numbers. The numbers thing, it's all about, it's not that it's not working. It's all about, do you have enough eyeballs on your offer? And if you do, then you can know whether or not it's working. It all comes back to the numbers. It all comes back to the numbers, Fire Nation, specifically if you're a numbers person. So make sure you're going towards your strengths. And speaking of strengths, what, Liz, is your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? I still find public speaking to be terrifying, (laughs) (laughs) but I keep pushing myself to do it because, again, I'm a numbers person. So I'm like, if I just do this enough, it'll it'll stop being terrifying. But absolutely, it's still terrifying to do public speaking. (laughs) Okay, and I will say from personal experience, it is terrifying. uh, But in my scenario, like every time I did get on stage, it got a little bit easier the next time. And sometimes it's not perceptible like those first 10 or 15 times because it's just a tiny bit. So you're still terrified. So you're still grouped in that whole area. But now it is at the point where, you know, I can get on stage in front of a thousand, 2000 people and feel very much um, in my zone, in my comfort stage. But that was not the case three years ago, two years ago. You know, it takes time. So I I do think, like you said, it actually is a numbers game. It just takes a lot of of big numbers. Like you got to be up there to actually make that transition into more of a comfortable area. But on the flip side, what's your biggest strength? Definitely has to come down to the numbers again. I know I feel like I'm repeating myself, but um, because I work with a lot of clients where numbers just make them like go deer in the headlights and they like can't handle things like analytics. Um, And then I just come in and it makes me feel like, you know, it's my inflow moment, you know, like it just feels like I'm doing my professional best when I'm looking at people's numbers and helping them see the actionable insights in there. So I'm going to put you on the spot again because I like doing that. Give us a real time example of you either uncovering, unlocking, or making some kind of just discovery of some of a client's numbers that really made a big difference in their business. Now, you don't have to get specific with names or with details, but give us the overall gist of something that you were like, wow, I'm good. So I was working um, with this one client um, on a Google AdWords campaign, but the biggest insights came from the analytics. So she was skeptical because she was like, I've done AdWords in the past. This stuff doesn't work. Like, it's just a waste of money. And I was like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. But like, let's see what's going on. Um, And so we dug into the numbers and I saw that, you know, not only was she, um, you know, sending people to a homepage instead of like a landing page about the offer, like uh, there's just a whole bunch of stuff going wrong. So then once we set up a campaign that was more optimized, we dug into it and we were able to see all the things of not only who was actually calling her, but who was signing up for her email list. And we optimized it um, to the point of like, we found like five high ROI keywords that she was paying for. And we like stripped it down to that. And to this day, she just like turns on or off that campaign as much as she needs when she wants new clients. (laughs) That's the thing of beauty. Just be like, you know what? I want three clients today. I'm going to flick this light switch on. When three clients come in, I'm going to flip it off. I mean, Fire Nation, that is the world that we live in this day. When you get your systems down and you know your numbers like L squared, 
knows her numbers. Has anybody <laughs> ever called you L squared before? No, I get lizard a lot. Okay, but, but not L squared. Well, you know, like LL. So I'm just like, I could call her LL, but everybody thinks that's LL Cool J. So I'll just go with that's true. L squared. Yeah. Now, L squared, what is the one thing that has you most fired up today? Okay, I get like really fired up about this. Whenever I see people pushing the be everywhere mentality. Uh, yeah, yeah, that mentality. So you yeah, hate like Path the, Lynn. You just, just go ahead and say <laughs> it. No, I mean, Path Lynn rocks it, right? <laughs> Path Lynn is like aspirational entrepreneur. But me. that's his but, thing. His thing is be everywhere. Right. But if you are a small shop, a one person who doesn't even have any freelancers, um, I think you can feel the pressure to be everywhere before you have everything else figured out, right? So rather than focusing on knowing your clients, knowing your customers, serving them well, you're spending time being on YouTube, being on Twitter, being on Snapchat, being on all the things. And I guarantee you're not doing that well. <laughs> if you uh, spend all your time trying to be everywhere, I think you do them all inefficiently rather than focusing in on like two or three channels or traffic sources that you know, because you know your numbers, are working for you, (laughs) then you can just like blow them out of the water. And then as you start to get to bigger stages of your business, and you maybe have an assistant or other things, then sure, you can expand. But I hate to see people jump on the Be Everywhere bandwagon before they're ready for it. Be loud, be proud, Liz. That's what you believe in. The way that I like to actually (laughs) say it is, don't go one mile wide and one inch deep in all of those areas because you're not going to make any kind of impressions just going one inch deep. And when you're doing all those things, you're not making any real impressions. Find those one, two, three things that you can just crush, go one inch wide and one mile deep, make deep impressions. Like I love Snapchat. That is my one social media platform that I focus on. You know, I don't focus on Instagram, Facebook, you name, fill in the blank. I focus on Snapchat. That is where I put 95% of my personal time, energy, and effort into, and I'm getting massive results as a result of that. So side note, Fire Nation, eofire.com slash snap. Get my daily rants. They are awesome. So (laughs) I agree with you, Liz. I really do. Now, don't go anywhere, Fire Nation, because here's Liz. She's not afraid to speak her mind, and the lightning round is coming up, but we're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. I wasn't a born leader or a manager or a master delegator. These are all skills I've learned through various experiences and practice. Finding qualified candidates for my team here at EO Fire has taken a lot of hard work, especially because as entrepreneurs, we want to find the candidates who are going to be as dedicated to our business as we are, and that's a tough search to conduct. But thanks to ZipRecruiter.com, that search just got a whole lot easier. ZipRecruiter allows you to post to 100 plus job sites with one single click, And once you've posted, you'll be instantly matched to candidates from over 6 million resumes. Just post once and within 24 hours, watch your candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. Try ZipRecruiter and get your perfect candidate before they go to someone else. Today, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Visit ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Liz, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am, I am. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, the biggest thing, I think, is mindset. I didn't, um, it kind, of, kind of comes down to two things when I say mindset. One is I didn't grow up with entrepreneur examples. Like, I didn't have an entrepreneur mom or dad or, you know, anybody in the family. Um, so I didn't have that as a life example. But then the other thing I think is mindset that I think is 
really common in female entrepreneurs anyway, or maybe we're just more open about it, um, is the whole imposter complex thing, right? Not feeling like you're good enough to pitch yourself for a certain opportunity or, you know, you're just like not uh, there yet to maybe pitch a certain client or just all that sort of stuff. I see so many of my own clients, um, you know, get trapped in that same mindset of not actually putting themselves out there, trying to get like good links to their website just because they don't feel like they're good enough. The imposter syndrome, Fire Nation, it's real. It's everywhere. And believe me, you are somebody who can turn around and share your voice, your message, your mission to the world. So, Ignore that voice because it's in us all. It's in us all. What's the best advice, Liz, you've ever received? It's one that you hear on the airplane a lot <laughs> um, about putting your oxygen mask on you before Ooh. helping <laughs> others. So it definitely shows up when I am not taking care of myself, when I am not exercising, when I'm not eating right, when I'm not sleeping well. I am a, I'm worse at doing my business. I'm, I'm not as good at serving my clients. And I'm not as good at the business building stuff. So I'm I, a lot of my work, I'm selling myself, right? I'm doing client work. I'm doing group programs. It's my mind that is the product. So if I'm not taking care of taking care of that, not only do I suffer, but my clients suffer. So definitely take care of yourself first before moving on to serving others. Yes, yeah, I thought you were going to say, sir, put your tray table up <laughs> in the upright and locked position. And then have some great metaphor based <laughs> off of that. Yeah, no. <laughs> What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? In the past few years, I've really taken up running, and I think that has translated into all different areas of my life. Again, not only because of the exercise thing and taking care of myself, but it's something that you have to do on a routine, so it definitely gets you into the routine habit, and they always say, you know, success isn't an idea, it's more about the habit. Um, and then the other thing with running, as you train to get to bigger distances, whether it's your first 5K or if it's a half marathon, each new mile milestone is kind of a mind expander. You all of a sudden realize like, whoa, like I didn't think I could do that, but now I can. And so just kind of training your brain to realize that you're capable of more than you think is just another one of the great uh, benefits of running. Share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation. Okay, so I feel like I've already said Google Analytics, so I'm going to go with another one. Um, Zapier is one of my favorite ones because it can make any almost any of your favorite tools actually talk to each other. So whether you want um, a new sale to be added to a Google Sheet or you want uh, something in Infusionsoft to actually become an Asana task, you can use it to kind of make your entire business system thing just more efficient. If you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? Mindy Kaling's Why Not Me. Because <laughs> Kate loves not only, that book. Not only is it hilarious, and you know, everyone loves it, but it also gets into that mindset stuff about, um, you know, why not you? Like, you are good enough. And then also it kind of gets into a little bit about the myth of, um, you know, like the lifestyle uh, business sort of thing and how hard work is not actually a bad thing. Fire Nation, I know you love audio. So I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofire uh, eofirebook.com. And this book, Why Not Me? Mindy actually does the audio version of it. And it's hysterical because she goes off on little side rants that aren't even in the <laughs> book. So Liz, I want to end it today on fire with you sharing a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. 
you are capable of more than you think. And it's not about you. It's about the numbers. Just make sure you're looking at those to know whether or not something's working before you quit on it. And I actually pulled together um, a free little thing just for you guys over at lizlockard.com slash fire. Um, I pulled together the three most common mistakes I actually see in Google Analytics accounts and how to fix those so you can make sure that you're looking at accurate data. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with L Squared and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Liz in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today from you name it to you name it. It's all on the show notes page. And of course, go directly to lizlockard.com slash fire. And Liz, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. If you want some behind-the-scenes intel on how I'm taking EO Fire from a seven to an eight-figure-a-year business, all from my living room, text EO Fire to 33444 and ignite.